Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 980 of the Juicebox Podcast. Welcome back, everyone. Today I'll be speaking with Kristen. She's a 29-year-old type 1, diagnosed at age 7. She's also an academic advisor who works with students who transition from high school to college. We're going to talk about her job and her life, how she was diagnosed, what her experiences were, and everything else. While you're listening, please remember that nothing you hear on the Juicebox podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. Would you like to save 40% off your entire order at CozyEarth.com? That'll be easy to do. Just use the offer code JUICEBOX at checkout. If you'd like to save on AG1, use my link, drinkag1.com forward slash juicebox. And of course, don't miss the private Facebook group for the Juicebox Podcast. It's called Juicebox Podcast Type 1 Diabetes. It has over 40,000 members, and there are endless conversations happening right now that you'll be interested in. This episode of the Juicebox Podcast is sponsored by Omnipod. Omnipod.com forward slash juicebox. Get yourself the Omnipod Dash or the automated Omnipod 5 with my link. Omnipod.com forward slash juicebox. Go take that Omnipod for a test drive. The podcast is also sponsored today by Dexcom, makers of the Dexcom G7 and Dexcom G6. Dexcom.com forward slash juicebox. You can wear the same exact Dexcom that my daughter wears, the G7, or you can get yourself the G6 at Dexcom.com forward slash juicebox. Links in the show notes, links at juiceboxpodcast.com. So I'm Kristen, I'm 29, and I am currently talking to Scott. Kristen, you're 29, you look like you're 12 in this photo. <sighs> Listen. Is that, is that what you I look like? That my whole, yeah, I mean, yeah. that picture, I think I was taken, I was like 25. Really? So, yeah. If you told me you were 18 in that photo, I would 100% believe you. Oh, like, I know, this is an ongoing joke. Actually, I we took headshots for my job uh, like a few years ago, and- this woman in my department was like, are you serious? That's your photo. You look like you're in grade school. And I was like, thanks. <laughs> Love that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry about my face. I don't know what to tell you. Does it hurt you at work? Like, what? Like, can you tell me what kind of work you do without telling me where you work? Oh, yeah. Um, I'm a counselor, like an academic advisor. Does it hurt me? No, I don't think so. I mean, sometimes I'll get students who... I do have some adult students, so sometimes they're older than me. So that's kind of can be kind of awkward, but we kind of roll with it. No, I, I wouldn't say it hurts me. Okay. It's fine. Good. Yeah. My wife was in a position of, I don't know how to say this. She, she managed people. I was going to say a position of power, mm-hmm. which is true, but like she managed people at a young age and had a razor sharp understanding of the business. And she said that she would sit in meetings sometimes with people who were twice her age and they would look at her like, why is this kid telling me what I have to do? And, and she said there were people who it, it rubbed up wrong against. That's why I was wondering. Oh, yeah. I mean, if and when I, more if, if I ever moved into a management position, I know it would be 
that I'm sure that would happen to me. But as of right now, no, it's fine. Right now, it's not a problem. Yeah, right now. Well, that's a future problem. Yeah. So <laughs> we'll deal with it then. <laughs> well, look at you, see you being hopeful that you're going to continue to look like you're 12 for your whole life. But, like I've, this has always been how I am. Like in, what am I saying? I've always looked younger than I am. So I'm just like, it is what it is at this point. Mm-hmm. So I have to everyone t- keeps telling me when I'm older, I'll like it. But well, I was going to say the same thing. Like I can get, oh, a- were I-, you? I can get away with way younger than I am. So it, it is nice for now. It's all about oh. keeping your hair dark, by the way. Really? Yeah. And keeping the wrinkles off your face. That's pretty much the whole thing. Well, so. I'll, I'll try. I, I noticed though on zoom now when I'm, you know, it shows you your camera and I have like a line in between my eyes and I'm like, Oh my God, I'm getting old. It's rough. Yeah. I have squinty eyes already. I, I hate yeah. that. Yeah. I would like, there's, there's definitely a world where I would, I would do some light surgery if it was all for <laughs> a little Botox here and there. If my eyes would appear open, that would be nice. And then I'd probably do some liposuction in a couple of spots. I think I, that'd be it. Oh, me too. That'd be, I'd be so down with liposuction. Right. But you know, who's got money for that? <laughs> my wife's like, I'm coming up. I, I don't need you to come up. I need the document. <laughs> yeah, I need an email. Oh, need the doc, not you. <laughs> Well, don't ask her how she feels about liposuction. Oh, please. She doesn't care about me. <laughs> no, okay. <laughs> she won't be, like, be insulted. She'd be like, whatever. We don't have money for that. Stop it. And, um, <laughs> we do seem to have money for the things she likes, though, if I'm being honest. <laughs> yeah, well, that's how it works. <laughs> okay. So uh, why did you want to... Um, this one's specific. So let me ask why you wanted to come on the show. So I work with students who transition from high school to college. and over and over again, I think when I emailed you it was probably in the middle of our summer program. Um, and over and over again, I have students who talk about how they had a 504 in high school and they want to be normal in college, right? And so I, I, after the 25th conversation I've had about this, I was like, you know what? That's such a thing for diabetes as well. And, and it pops up in the Facebook group from time to time about that transition from high school to college. And I also did it myself as a diabetic. So I don't know. That's why. That makes sense. It's, and it's a great topic, honestly. What do you think they mean by normal? Yeah. So a lot of times I think they want to leave their diagnosis behind. So, and right. So I have students with, you know, a whole range of reasons as to why they'd have a 504. So a lot of like ADHD and um, I've had some students on the spec autism structure sorry, autism spectrum or learning disabilities, things like that. And I think it's, they want to get rid of that known fact about themselves, if that makes sense. So like, you know how in high school, they, every, every teacher knows what your diagnosis is and they want to get rid of that when they go to college and kind of start fresh Mm -hmm. with their idea, I think. Is it fair to say they just want to get rid of their normal? Yeah. A a fresh start. So people not knowing, but is Mm -hmm. that conducive though? To what? No, not at all. Right. Like you might, because if you get, if you head in there, I think I'm right about this. If you head into college and you have not set anything up, it's hard to settle up later. Yep. That's exactly. And that's why as this happened 500,000 times, that's why I reached out to you. Cause I was like, you know, and I remember myself saying these words, 
when I was in high school and going to college. So that's why I was like, hmm, okay, maybe this is like a larger issue. But to your point, yes. So what happens is they won't get their accommodations. They often will crash and burn in the fall and they'll reach out to me in like, you know, November and be like, uh, so I think I need these accommodations. I'm like, yep. So then we have to kind of rush to get them. And by then, a lot of times we can't get them until the spring. You work with kids who have all kinds of needs, not just diabetes. Yeah, I actually work for a program for economically disadvantaged students. And so it's a really broad spectrum of students that come through. But I have a, I, I can't give you a number, but a decent amount who, who have had disabilities in the past or have disabilities and want to get accommodations what, in college. What, um, what does economic disadvantages, how does that, how do you help those people? So the program I work for, it really, I think the biggest focus is assigning them to a counselor. So m- myself and the other counselors in the program, um, and we have a smaller caseload. So what we could, we can assist them more often than like a general advisor because they're, their caseload is like crazy. It's like one to 700, whereas we are like 130-ish, I would say. And so we can assist them with whatever it is they need to transition. A lot of it is like helping them with college jargon. So you know how people throw around words like, you know, the registrar's office Mm -hmm. and that kind of stuff, right? And you're like, what the hell does that mean? Right, right, exactly. So we help them with a lot of that, a lot of like, talking about how college is different than high school. Um, Sometimes we'll connect them to services, like if they need like additional support, like, you know, we had kids with like housing insecurity, food insecurity, stuff like that. Not that often, but that does happen too. So stuff like that. It's great work. I like it. Okay. So you, you, you set those people up to understand the system they're getting involved in, how to navigate it, how to show them what's available to them and how they can ask for it. Exactly. Okay. And there's not a lot of difference between that and medical, honestly, right? Because it's still the same. Like, we didn't know right away when Arden exactly. went to college. We were like, well, I mean, somebody probably has to know, you know, but right. what, what do you do? And so if, you, if you're not contacted by the school, what do you do? You contact them and ask if there's like, who would I contact at the college to ask if I'm not hearing from them on it? Now let's talk about the Dexcom G7. The Dexcom G7 is a small and wearable continuous glucose monitoring system. It sends real-time glucose readings to your Dexcom G7 app or the Dexcom receiver. Use my link, dexcom.com forward slash juice box to learn more and get started today. You will be able to effortlessly see your glucose levels and where they're headed. This way you'll be able to make better decisions about food, insulin, and activity. Once you're able to see the impact that those variables have on blood sugar, you'll begin to make more purposeful decisions and have better outcomes. My daughter has been wearing a Dexcom. My daughter has been wearing a Dexcom product for so many years, I don't even remember when she started. But today she wears the Dexcom G7 and it is small and easy and oh my goodness, are you going to love it? Dexcom Dot com forward slash juice box. You can head there now and click on the button that will get you your free benefits check or just hit that other button that says get started. When you use my links, you're supporting the production of the podcast. Dexcom.com. 
forward slash juice box. My daughter Arden has been wearing an Omnipod since she was four years old, and she is now 19. That is every day wearing an Omnipod for the last 15 years. I think what we love most about Omnipod is that it doesn't have any tubing. But, uh, I don't know. Is that the thing you love most about it? You don't have to take it off to swim or bathe. You can leave it on for activity and exercise. It's small. I don't, it, I mean, it's so easy to put on, right? To fill it and to put it on. It's just, it takes us no time at all. Um, yeah, I guess it's hard to figure out what my favorite thing about Omnipod is. I guess I'll just say that my daughter loves it. It's easy and it's worked for her for so many years. It's just such a friend in all of this. Omnipod.com forward slash juicebox. You can check your coverage there for your insurance uh, or take a test drive, right? Would you like a free trial of the Omnipod? You can do that there as well. And you can just get started. Omnipod.com forward slash juicebox. Now you have a decision to make. Do you want the Omnipod Dash, which is an insulin pump where you make all the decisions? Or do you want the Omnipod 5? Now the Omnipod 5 is the first and only tubeless automated insulin delivery system to integrate with the Dexcom G6. And it's available for people with type 1 diabetes ages 2 years and older. It features smart adjust technology, and it's going to help you to protect against highs and lows both day and night. That's an algorithm-based system, making decisions about insulin, giving it, and taking it away. It's pretty damn cool. Omnipod.com forward slash juicebox. Links in the show notes. Links at juiceboxpodcast.com. When you use those links, you're supporting the production of the podcast and helping to keep it free and plentiful. Right, exactly. So it's every school has it's sometimes now called accessibility services um, or disability services. And those are the people who would process accommodations for college students. Okay, so we contact them and say, Mm -hmm. hey, listen, I have type one diabetes and I'm on my way to college. Are there two different people? Are there the people who have accommodations set up already and want to try to transfer them? And there are, I imagine, people too who made it through high school without accommodations and are now thinking they might be more necessary in college? Yeah, exactly. So it's definitely easier if you had like a 504 plan or a medical plan in high school um, or an IEP if it's not diabetes, right? But then, yes, there are people who, or you could even get diagnosed with something in college. Right. Um, Or even there's like, you know, temporary stuff like you get a concussion or an injury or something like that so yeah so there's two different like pathways i suppose to go there do people take advantage of this yes and no it, it really depends from what i understand and i'm also talking about this in the context of working at one university right yeah of course but yeah i think it really depends on the school i don't really have that answer i also so i don't work for disability services specifically like i'm more of like a Like I work for that, the program I was talking about. So Mm -hmm. I don't have too much information on like what that looks like. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, but you have type one. Am I right? Yeah. 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 How, so how old were you when you were diagnosed? Seven. Wow. And now we know, of course, you're 12 now from your photo. I'm 12. Yeah. You've had Mm -hmm. it for five years. Yes. So you were diagnosed at seven. Did you have accommodations in, in school? No. I had a 
medical plan of some sort in high school, I believe. But no, I never had a 504, which is interesting. Would you have an IEP? No. In, in, no? Um, did you just no. have a note from your doctor? Uh, I you guess don't so. know. Don't yeah, know. see, but see, this is a good point though, because you had right. it and you don't know what it is. Yep. Right. And so when you go to college, did you try to take it with you? I did actually, because my my uh my mother forced me. Okay. More interesting. You didn't want to? Uh-huh. I did not want to, no. Because you wanted to be normal and start over again. Pretty much. Yeah. I I went to um Penn State and I loved the idea of you know how people hate the idea of like being just a number? I thought that was great. I was like, yeah, no one bother me. <laughs> that, was, that was my perspective. So I was like, no, I don't want to bring this up. I'm just going to school. Like, leave me alone, you know? So you like the idea of going to a big school in the middle of nowhere and just existing for four years and doing your thing? Yep. I love anonymity. Like, I, I was all about the lecture hall classes. I was like, that sounds amazing. Let's do it. I have a side note question. Why do people who have gone to Penn State act like that's where Jesus lives? Because it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, no, I'm in I'm in the cult. I am very okay with it. It's the best place on the planet. Yeah, I don't know. I the flags that fly in front of people's houses a decade after their <laughs> children have graduated. Um their babies running around in little Penn State outfits. I mean Oh yeah. Yeah. All that stuff went on with the football team didn't bother people at all. They're like, whatever, Penn State, baby. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, no, nobody cares. It's it's there's something about it. I don't know. It's it's like its own little. I, don't know, I think you said community. cult already. I think you were there when you said cult. <laughs> I meant I meant cult. Yeah. I honestly meant cult. But uh, yeah, I remember my my dad being like, "Are you going to college or are you going to Disney World? Like, what is this?" And I was like, uh, "Okay, it's amazing." So. Whatever. Because you were having so much fun? I loved it. Yeah. It was amazing. I was so excited to go there. Like it was it was awesome. So how did it go being just a number? Like how did that change your diabetes world? I loved it. <laughs> Quite honestly. Um how did it change my diabetes world? So for me, I'm very uh I was always very anxious, uh quiet keep to myself kind of person when I was, which you wouldn't think now as I like, don't shut up as I'm talking to you. But uh, so uh, for me, it was always very hard to advocate for myself. So like I would be the type where if I was low, I would just take the test and not do well and not say anything about it. Okay. Yeah. So when I went to college, uh, that stuck with me. I think I learned, I, I definitely learned as I went through to stop doing that though. So it's a, it's a momentary thing then it's you, you wanted to try it. Then you tried it and you're like, this is not valuable for me. I'll stop doing this. Yeah. Essentially after it affected my grades negatively so many times. Um, and I, and I was always a good student. I was like school. Mm -hmm. It started to, I, I was like, all right, I got to stop doing this. Is you it, know, I, go, go ahead. Sorry. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Keep talking. No, I was going to say, I was thinking of a, um, like one time, for example, I had a, I had a Medtronic pump at the time. I had that for like a year. And then I was like, after it got caught on door handles, I was over it. But so I had a Medtronic pump. Something happened with it where uh, I think it wasn't connected or something. And I was like 300. And this was before I had a Dexcom. So I, you know, I didn't realize until I checked my 
my number and I was like, oh, yikes. And I was about to go to an exam, but I had to go back to my apartment and get change the cartridge or whatever. And so I actually ironically ran into the TA as I was walking to my apartment and I was like, hey, I'm so I'm in the class UTA for. I know we have an exam. I've explained the insulin pump thing. I was like, I just got to run to my house and then come back. And then so I'm going to be a little late to this exam. And she was so nice. She was like, yeah, no, don't even worry about it. She was like, I can let the professor know you could take it another time when you're feeling better. And I went and took the exam with a 300 blood sugar. Like, why? For mm. what purpose? <laughs> you know what I mean? I would do things like that a lot. Right. You know. Is it fair to compare that feeling that you had to when a person makes a drastic change, cutting their hair or changing their clothes or like, do you know what I mean? Like, were you just looking for a shift? Like, let me get away from this diabetes thing for a minute. Possibly. Yeah. I mean, cause you had yeah. it for, well, you had it for like 11 years before you went to college ish. So mm -hmm. how would you describe living with diabetes as a kid and then into high school? Did it go like easily or was it, is it a bad memory? So I started, when I started, it was back in like, what is it? MPH and the other one? Regular? Regular, yeah, it? yeah. And you, yeah, and you would like mix them in the one injection or whatever. And you had to like eat 45 carbs a meal at specific times and then 15 carb snacks, three a day. I mean, you couldn't deviate from that. So that sucked. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, uh, from there, I switched to Lantus. That was a big deal to switch to Lantus when I was like 10. And around, I would say around like 11 or 12, I really did everything myself. My parents didn't help me with it, which they were, which is interesting. I think I totally lost track of your question. I'm well, sorry. Well, don't worry. Well, I, I'm going to just ask another question. I'll get you back. to Okay. It. Why was it interesting that they stopped helping? Uh, why is it interesting? I mean, I'm thinking of a time like my, I, I was at a diabetes educator appointment and my mom was like, my mom was like, oh yeah, I was like 12. And my mom was like, oh yeah, she does everything herself. I don't know. I have no idea what she does. She just does it. And the educator was like, uh, she's 12. I think she probably needs some help. <laughs> and, and I was just like, okay. You know, so I, I guess did you need help? What, yeah. What was your A1C-ish like about? I want to say I floated in the eights. Yeah. So you needed help. I needed help. Definitely. And, and let's delve into your parents for a second. Were your parents like hands off people or were they just under the impression that it was going okay because you were alive? My parents are not very nice people, <laughs> honestly. So they, yeah, they were. <laughs> Wait, What? <laughs> I'm serious. They're just, they're just not very nice. Wait, just... do, you, do you have a relationship with them? Yeah. Yeah? That didn't sound know, exciting. Yeah. Will you go on Christmas? Like that kind of stuff? It's kind of, yeah, it's, it's, they're, they're just not very nice. They're, they're very self-absorbed kind of people, you know? Okay. And so, so I think that, especially with my, my mother uh, was so anxious. I don't think she could handle the diabetes. Honestly, like she was just like, this is another thing. I can't deal with this. So, so I did it. So I, you know, okay. I kind of had to raise myself kind of uh childhood, you know? I see. Okay. I, 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 have not to... that I... good. No, I was going to say, not that I intended to delve into that. Sorry. No, <laughs> no, no, I, I guess. no, I'm just, I just have to tell you that 
I I don't have a number on this, but it's a big number for when we get to it in the conversation where people are like, yeah, I just did it by myself. And I'm like, that's weird. Did your parents not help you? And they, and no one just comes out and says, yeah, no, my parents just bailed on me. Like no one ever is honest about it. Everyone defends their parents, no matter what it's when they're being recorded. It's really interesting. By the way, it's interesting how many people stop recording and go, yeah, I couldn't tell you about my mom because it would break her heart. And I'm like, Oh, okay. But, um, you were just like, no, they're not nice. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> are, are, hopefully they never find this well, <laughs> are you are you nice yeah okay because I, so. I mean that was pretty honest some might say not nice what you said yeah i mean i don't know that, no, that's i appreciate kinda, yeah. it listen i appreciate it if your 12 year old has a massive medical condition that includes them using a medication that if they use it incorrectly could kill them and your idea is ah she seems to be doing all right <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not here to judge anybody, but if you put me in the situation where I was, I'd be judgmental of that. So, um, yeah. yeah. And so I, I appreciate you saying that. That's all. Okay. So now <laughs> no. I have some, con- and I'm also trying to give people context for why their kids might want to forget about their diabetes sure. when, when they get to college and, and not yeah. only diabetes, it's to be said that it is not uncommon for a kid to go to college and try to find a way to be unconscious. Yeah. And, you know, I think the whole thing gives, actually, I'm glad we talked about that because I think it gives a good context to where I was, was when I went to college, I wanted to really start over. Like I was like, I'm getting away from my parents and the whole shebang. And um, yeah, so I think that's why, I don't know, that's that's why I went in that direction. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Listen, this isn't for this conversation, but I'm happy to have this conversation with somebody else at some point. I don't want to be overdramatic. Hold on a second. I think what I was going to say was like a little too overdramatic, but it's a crisis that after spending 17 years with their parents, that a number of children's focus, they say it's about a coin flip, about half half kids that go to college are going to drink. By the way, half of them don't. It's interesting, like mm-hmm. how the numbers fall, That's interesting. right? But it's one in two people is thinking, I need to go somewhere and get really high or really drunk and get away from my own thoughts. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a, that's a cultural failing if one in two people feel that way. Oh, yeah. It's interesting how it doesn't get talked about because from people who are not drinkers, using drinking as an example – they don't say anything. They're just like, oh, I just hope my kid goes to college and doesn't fall into that. I'm just going to hope for that. The other half of people are are oftentimes almost proud of it. Like, mm-hmm. oh, they're going to go to school and get blackout drunk. I'm like, uh, is that not an issue for you? Like, you no, it's not. It's It absolutely isn't. So then there's this competing culture because the kid who doesn't drink also probably has some stress and anxiety and things didn't go right for them either. And those right. kids have no outlet. And then the other ones are using an outlet that's so big that it, you know, it becomes, it can become a way of life too. Like we don't talk about the Mm -hmm. fact that in society, most people are anesthetized in one way or another. That's true. Yeah. We just don't talk about it from like, yeah. anyway. Or the ramifications of that. No, no, I think that's a good point. And and the ramifications of that, like socially and, and mentally and all these different things. Absolutely. That's huge. Yeah. I mean, from like, 
you know, from a, a person, I don't know, who's an adult, who's just, you know, mm-hmm. using wine to get through the day, or, a, a, I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, what are the, the Rolling Stones saying about it in the 60s, right? Like, just a pill, just to take the edge off, and right up to, like, you know, I have no trouble with you smoking weed, but if you're smoking weed all day long because you can't function, I mean, there's something's wrong, like, right? Like, you yep. should be able to get through life without being altered sometimes at the very least. Um, anyway, it, and then these kids head off and one in two kids, this coin flip of who you are, mm-hmm. some of them are going to have diabetes. And like, yep. so some of you are going to send your diabetic child off to college and that kid's going to fall face first into a keg. Mm-hmm. The only way they're going to know my expectation to safeguard themselves from a low blood sugar is going to be to keep their blood sugar high. I mean, that's what I get from conversations I have with adults who are formerly children with diabetes. So um, it goes one or the other people are just like, I don't drink. It doesn't matter. So, you know, um, anyway, that was a bit of a soapbox for me. I did not uh, mean to do that. Oh, that's fine. Eh, For you. What about the people listening? (laughs) They're like, shut up, man. I like to drink. No, it's all good. You should have grown up with my parents. You'd drink too. By the way, I did grow up with your <laughs> parents and uh, I have compassion. Um, okay. <laughs> so what I wanted to tell you was um, that when Arden went off to college, we had a nice experience where the school, you know, designated a person to speak to us about diabetes. We had a, right. a, a video chat between the three of us, my wife, myself, and Arden. And the first thing you notice is you're talking to somebody who, generally speaking, big surprise, doesn't understand type 1 diabetes. Exactly. So you have to begin to educate them without mm-hmm. scaring them, right? Mm-hmm. And, and and so we were doing that on the call. And I said at some point during the phone call, I said, I don't know if you can tell, like, we're very uncomfortable with this. And she's like, mm-hmm. how so? I said, we don't want to be doing this. I said, I don't think Arden needs any of this. But if she does, I don't want for it not to be there. Right? And that's how I wrap my head around it, too. Like, it's like there's just always that one. I'm trying to think of a nice word and not curse. There's always that one professor, right? There's always that one person who's going to make your life miserable for no apparent reason. And so it's just it's really like a a catch all to make sure that you're covered is really how I think of it. But does she like, I mean, I would imagine Arden doesn't really need to use it often, but it's just, in, it's just there just in case. I don't kind think, of thing. I don't it's, think I'm going to go over with you what we did. Okay. But I, I don't think with the exception of the fact that she's, she has a tiny little personal refrigerator and smaller than you're imagining. Like it only, would, <laughs> it would only fit maybe like three softballs inside of it. It's very small. Oh, geez. And that's what she has her insulin in. And you had to have a, an accommodation to have a refrigerator. Right. For, and that was a bit of a lift because people didn't ask for it generally. So it was when you got to the the person, they were like, I don't know if I, I'll get this done, but it, I can't just say yes to it now. It's funny because what you just tried to artfully say a minute ago, I actually just said on the call. I said, to oh, the, really? Yeah, I told the person, I was like, look. This is all just here in case one of these professors is an asshole. I was, that was the word I was going to use, but I was yeah. trying not to curse. Well, you're very nice. I mean, not to your parents, but to me. And I appreciate that. <laughs> so, um, 
But um, but but I mean, in in truth, that's what it is, right? Like it's a get out of jail free card in a world where you shouldn't get put in jail, but somebody might do it to you, so you get to whip it out and go, ha. You can't do that. Yep. I have diabetes. <laughs> so Exactly. But you don't want to say it. Like now, the person we spoke to said there are people who wear it like um I don't know, like they wear it right on their chest. There mm-hmm. every time you see them, you're going to hear I have this and I am allowed and she's like, "Look, we accommodate those people too." And I said, "You're never going to hear my daughter say she has diabetes." Like, mm-hmm. like there's in less she's passing out and she says, get me a juice. I have diabetes like that. And, and <laughs> right, right. even then we've learned people don't even know what that means. So, you know, uh, anyway, so my wife and I want to give my wife full credit because let's be clear, this is well written and organized, which means I had nothing to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, but she broke it down into categories for the school. She, so the first category she has is absence, lateness and scheduling um, cor- we course registration, mm-hmm. housing, and medical medical self treatment, nutrition, mm-hmm. proximity to class and food supplies, and Wi Fi accessibility. That's how we have it broken down. Okay. What do you do? You see anything that's missing there? No, no. not at all. Okay. So what we. We first explained it. So absence, lateness, schedule. My wife has blood glucose levels are impacted by many variables, including but not limited to food, hormones, adrenaline, temperature, physical activity, illness, and stress. Each type 1 diabetes person responds differently to these variables. Arden may require flexibility around class attendance due to type 1 because of things like prolonged overnight hypoglycemia, emergency room visits, hospitalization for DKA or a hypoglycemic episode. So we listed out everything that could happen to her, but none of it do we actually expect to happen. Right. 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 And then she says, this is the accommodation we're looking for. Excused absences and latenesses for diabetes-related reasons. Ability to access class notes during excused absences and latenesses for diabetes-related reasons. Extra time or ability to reschedule exams, projects, due dates, if ability to complete this, the, the thing is impacted by hypo or hyperglycemia. And so like, that's just one category that my wife like laid out. And we went through for all of them, like we, she explained how course registration could be important, just things like class time. Like it'll be, mm-hmm. it would be great for our not to have to be in a classroom at like 8am, you know, like that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. like, you know, blah, 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 housing, uh, that she needs a refrigerator. Like, I can't read this whole thing. To, I mean, I could read this whole thing to you, but I'm not going to. You know, I could make it available online, to be honest with you, but... Um, yeah, that might be helpful. Yeah, and so, like, so we went through all that, and then the response we got back from the school was very, like, easy. Like, everything was easy after that, because... And part of me thinks it's because we made that person's life easier. We explained it to them. We said, look, this isn't... We're not here to, like, hold you up you know, we don't, we're not asking for a, she doesn't need a puppy or a, a Ferris wheel, you know what I mean? Or, or something like that. And as a matter of fact, she's probably never going to mention this to anybody. But Arden mm-hmm. said that in her first days of every class she has, someone pulls her aside and says, I got your accommodations. But she said one professor pulled her aside and said, hey, look, we're not supposed to ask you what's up, but what's up with you? And and, and Arden goes, oh, I have type 1 diabetes. And the woman goes, oh, really? That it? 
And she goes, yeah. She goes, ah, that's cool. And, she goes, and, so, and so Arden goes, do you want to know anything? And she's like, no. She's like, if you need something, just do it. It's fine. Like she had a real, like, adult conversation. Right. And and what Arden realized was, is with this person, with this specific professor, I just need to live my life. And if, as long as I don't take advantage of this somehow, this person's going to have no problem at all. Um, and, and then the teacher goes, like, I appreciate you sharing it with me. She goes, some kids just have really, like, scary issues and they don't tell us exactly all the time. Yeah. She's like, I want to know what to be ready for. Arden goes, look, the worst that might happen She's like, Arden said, the worst that I can imagine happening is that if one of my devices stops working, I might have to leave. Mm-hmm. And she's like, and from a safety standpoint, my blood sugar could get low and I might need help. And like drinking juice, she's like, I have juice with me. But even some of the things that we started to set up, we found ways around. Like, you know, the campus is pretty spread out in this in this little city. Mm-hmm. And we were like, well, what does she do if she's across town and her pump site fails or Something like that happens, right? And so we started talking to the the school, and we're like, well, "Could we put insulin like in different locations?" And the woman's like, "I don't, I don't think so." Like she's like, "I, don't, I you mean you would need refrigeration in a building, and you'd want to put a medication yeah. in there?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I'm like, well, I don't see how we could do that either." And what they landed on for that is, is that Arden basically has like a super Uber card. <laughs> she's got a phone number, <laughs> and she can call campus security. And if the, and they'll whisk her back to her room, wait for her, and take her back to class. That's so cool! What yeah. a good idea! Yeah, if that ever happens, which by the way, it's likely never going to happen. And and, never. and even Arden said, like, if that really happened, she goes, I wouldn't do that first. She goes, I would first see if like my roommate could just bring me like a pump and some insulin or something. Like right. That. In the beginning, for like the first two weeks, she carried it with her. Mm-hmm. She took like a cold thing. She put ice in it. She put her insulin in it. She took a pump, like she was ready, put it in her backpack. It was like two weeks later after she was there. And I was like, are you still carrying insulin to school, to class? And she goes, oh, no, I stopped doing that. <laughs> I was going to say, that's going to get old real quick. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's obnoxious. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm even, I, having been at work a couple times with a site failure, I just leave insulin in my purse now mm-hmm. and, and have an extra pod, like an opened one. Okay. And it's been fine. Yeah. yeah. I mean, in a regular life, like you just, you know, I've talked about on here before, like when we leave the house, there's like a distance um, that I think of. Like if we're at least right. this far away, bring it with you. If you're at something that you can't like just stop doing and you'd have to go home and come back again, bring it with you. But I mean, if you're going up the street to go grocery shopping and your pump oh, fails, no. then just go home. You know what I mean? And, go home. Right. <laughs> exactly. Um. So, okay, so you go into Penn State, the end-all, be-all of higher education where everything is amazing. amazing. Yeah. And um, and what's your experience like? In terms of diabetes? Yeah. Fine. <laughs> is that a good answer? So, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it was absolutely fine. I mean, I think the biggest issue I ran into was getting going low from walking so far because the campus is so big mm-hmm. that was definitely an issue from time to time i probably made some poor choices with drinking i'm sure and then i'm that that's the biggest thing i can think of i mean i have like i had some moments where it was stressful you know like i remember taking an exam one time and not realizing that i had to change my pod 
um, within X amount of hours, whatever it is. And so it started beeping in the middle of an exam. And so I took it out to, to like, you know, make the noise stop. Um, and I remember being so nervous because I was like, this woman's going to think that I was cheating, you know, because I took out a device and like hit, mm-hmm. you know, hit the button and put it back in my purse. Um, so I went up to the professor afterwards and I was like, hey, just so you know, I'm a diabetic. I was not on my phone in the middle of the exam. And she's like, oh, I didn't even notice. I was like, okay, cool. So <laughs> I mean, that was most of my, you know, experience. Any issues I had, the professors were lovely. And I think I can think of like maybe three times that I had to disclose to a professor about it. And that's about it. It was pretty uh, mundane, honestly. I remember once in high school, we went to like back to school night. I think Arden was like a freshman. You know, we did the whole thing and tell you, I don't know, it's the song and dance the teacher does. And and do you have any questions? And I said, I do have questions. How do you think her diabetes plan is working out? And she goes, what? Yeah. And I said, Arden, like with her insulin pump and everything, has that all been okay? And she goes real honest and i said sure she goes uh until you just mentioned it, i forgot arden had diabetes oh jesus and it's funny you think of it as like oh no like she forgot but i thought of it as like good like that's cool like you mean we have it so well planned that you don't notice it at all i guess so yeah. i guess so i just i think of it in terms of like god forbid something happened the teacher should have an idea yeah you know what i mean well, when, I when mean, you're younger yeah yeah and i think she knew but like it wasn't top of her mind when she thought about Arden. Right. She didn't think about diabetes. And I thought, Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm sure if I, you know, by the, by the way, she had remembered it when I said it, it wasn't like she would know you're talking <laughs> about the wrong kid. But, um, I, I always thought that was, that spoke well of the plan we had set up and about how Arden executes the plan and, you know, and how, to be honest, it stops being a plan very soon. It just becomes a way of life. That's a good point as to, I think, why kids want to get rid of their diagnosis, right? When they go to college is they don't want people thinking of that and thinking of their diabetes or what have you about them first, right? Like, that's not the first thing I want anyone to think of me is that I have diabetes. It's all these other things about me. So, and I think that comes with time um, and, and age, honestly. So you know, to your point on that one. Yeah. Yeah. It does shine a light on the idea that like, look, there's no doubt that I think most people don't want to be thought of as sick. Like, I think that's just, you know, they don't want to, and they don't want to go through the explanation about diabetes and autoimmune and, you know, a lifelong, like nobody wants to say that about them. They don't want to, you think it, look, you can say all you want that people need to do their job and be nice. And they do. And that's why there are rules in place. But the truth is, is that on a, you know, on an instinctual level, we are people who we rank people in every situation. Like in mm-hmm. every situation, we look up and we rank people pretty to ugly, powerful to weak, uh, smart to du- like. It just it's it's just what happens. Like it's is it right? It's not right. It absolutely what happens. If you don't believe me, read uh, Malcolm Gladwell's book about what is the one about ten thousand hours? I forget what it's called. But in the first chapter, he talks about this unconscious bias where a kindergarten teacher on day one, I'm going to get this bastardized story a little bit probably, but um, identifies the attractive children and they are kind, they are kinder to them. They're more forgiving of them. They, um, they treat them better. And then you go back and 
interview those teachers, like really like scientifically interview them. Don't just ask them like, hey, you're being nice to the blonde kid. Like not like that. Right. But like Mm -hmm. pick them apart psychologically. The teachers don't know they're doing it. Oh, yeah. It's it's definitely um, unconscious. Mm -hmm. Subconscious. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, when your daughter gets to a certain age, they could be treated poorly by jealous people. Mm-hmm. If you're a certain way, you're smarter, you're prettier, like whatever, like whatever insecurity the teacher has, if you're the mirror image of that, like you could get treated poorly. And again, if you pulled the teacher aside and said, hey, you're being, you know, you're being coarse to that pretty girl over there. They'd be like, no, I'm not. But talk right. to but talk to the girl and they'll say, no, that lady hates me. It's interesting. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. it is interesting. Yeah. Because we all project our own crap, whatever it is, yeah. onto people. Without realizing it. Yeah, absolutely. But so the key is, obviously people shouldn't do that and you should defend yourself (laughs) against it. But if this is the way the world works, you can't get mired down in the fight. Like you got to find a way through, in my opinion. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure that's not what, I'm sure any institution would say, no, our teachers shouldn't be treating you like that. And yeah, okay. Um, And, but until we find a way to make people act against their own, you know, worst enemies or uh, angels Mm -hmm. you have to be ready to live through that like so that's the Mm -hmm. thing that we talked to about art and i said look i think generally speaking in 2023 at an art school you're going to find a lot of very agreeable people and they're not going to hold you up over you having diabetes or a need around it but you might bump into somebody and and you're going to need to know how to artfully deal with that and not just throw the rules in their face and yell because that person still gets to give you a grade three months from now too. Mm-hmm. And again, they'll say, Oh, I, you know, don't worry. Like, you know, I'm, you're being treated very fairly. I'm like, sure. So if I hold you up in the first week and get into an argument with you about something, that's not going to affect me later moving forward. Bullshit. <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> oh, Cause there's a rule. Oh yeah. Rules are helping everybody fixing the whole world. So I think that what may be most valuable, like we always talk about this, people are like, how do I get ready to send my kid to college? You know, what about taking care of themselves? It's all obvious. You take care of it before you go. If you, if you yeah. want your kid to know how to take care of their blood sugar in college, you practice at home. If you want them to know how to get past a teacher that's an asshole, you tell them and explain it to them and explain the world to them. And if you don't understand, if you're one of those people who's like, oh no, everything's great. And this is how people should be. Then you're going to be the people that get hosed sometimes because there's like a real world. And then there's the world you're hoping to live in. And, um, you know, anyway. Absolutely. No. And I think like, it's a lot of, I mean, I'm not a parent, but just being a, a counselor, right? Like it's a lot of knowing your kid and knowing like where their areas of growth are. Right. So like for me, it was, I, I like to not advocate for myself at all. Right. And so that's what I had to work on. Whereas you might have kids like you were talking about earlier, like the other end of the spectrum where, you know, they're 90 diagonal down and they're like, I'm low, I'm going to die. I can't go to class. <laughs> you know, like that kid, yeah. that kid exists too, you know? Oh, of course. Um, yeah, yeah. And so <laughs> it's, I think it's a lot about like, know, you know, knowing your kid and, 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 or the, you know, kids, students knowing themselves and, and where, what direction they need to push themselves in. Well, Kristen, you're saying it without saying it, right? Like we said, most people are great, but you might run into a teacher who's an asshole. Uh, Some of your kids might be asshole. Right. (laughs) And you need to know that too, honestly. Right, right. Right, right? Yeah, there's some, 
yeah, some are going to milk it and some are going to be the polar opposite end of the spectrum, you know, but Mm -hmm. (laughs) both directions happen, right? You're such a, you're the perfect person to talk about this with because, you know, the diabetes space is, is, it's great about giving people information, but a lot of the times the information is static and it's mm-hmm. not always as helpful as it could be. It's like perfect world information. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like set up this, I mean, look, I, I keep reading it to you. We did it. We did the thing. Arden is covered six ways from Sunday. Okay. Right. On paper. And then the marching orders are, if you can help it, never refer to what we did. Like there's right. a, there's, it's a, it's a- catch-all baseline kind of thing we're trying to cover both realities there's the real Mm -hmm. world where you live where nobody gives a shit if you have diabetes and there's the you know collegiate world where you are able to set up this accommodation so set it up but if you really want to succeed in life try hard not to lean on it because people Mm -hmm. smell that out as as weakness like it sucks but it's true you know, like, I mean, not everybody. Some people are very kind. By the way, I wouldn't see you as weak if you had diabetes. I don't see it. No. I mean, obviously, my daughter has type 1. Like, I don't see it that way at all. But there are plenty of people who are going to see an insulin pump on your arm and right away think, hmm, something's wrong with them. Right. And there are competitive people in the world that you, if you're not a competitive person, you don't know about. Those people will slice your throat to take a step ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they'll use anything. They don't even care what it is. They just, they're looking to be one step ahead of the next guy. And, and that's a real thing too. So, right. I, you know, sorry, okay, no. you off. I, I was going to say, right. And like those, like some people I think see it and they're like, oh, that's going to be annoying. That's going to be a problem. Like that kind of attitude towards people with diabetes, which I think is again, like you're saying like really slim, but there are people are out there like that. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, well, there are people who don't have patience for other people who are right away going right. to be like, oh, this is going to be a thing. And there are people right. who have already run into someone who's who have made it a thing, and they're like, "Oh, here's another one of them." You know what I mean? Like you're mm-hmm. you're running up. You're also going to meet. A, I don't, listen, I don't want anybody crying. You're also going to meet a lot of lovely people who are who are, go- are going to do what my daughter's profession is. Like, what do you got? Diabetes? That's fine. You need anything from me? No. All right, good. If you do, you let me know. Okay, good. And then blah blah. blah it's on its way. She never think of her like that again. And and that's it. Um, and like you met somebody who was cool about you taking a test and then, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, you will overwhelmingly the world's full of kind people. It, it just, I think, I think it's just true, you know, like overwhelmingly most people mean well, and they, they, they are not actively out there trying to like, you know, cut your throat, but there are some people that are, and those people are out there too, and they exist. So, you know. Mm -hmm. It's six of one, right? You got to decide. You got to decide how you're going to handle this. And the best way, in my opinion, is to be, you know, be the master of your situation. Really, like, mm-hmm. like as best you can, be on top of yourself. Like, don't leave it to somebody else's decision. It's, you know, I don't know. Like, you don't want to go first in the home run competition at the All Star game, Kristen, because if you hit 19, the next guy's going to hit 20. You want to go last, so mm-hmm. you're in control. So you can, mm-hmm. it's on you, right? And this is not a thing that if you can help it, you want to put on someone else. Now, if you are really taxed by this, and and you're the other side of this this discussion, where you're just you're not going to make it without someone else's help then I think you have to make that clear and find people who will act in good faith 
and that, yes. that, that, do you know what I mean? I do. And I think, I think it really comes down to like, you're the expert on you, right? It's like, you're the one who lives with it, lives with it every day. And you're the one who knows yourself best and how you're going to react to things, right? Like all the different variables and whatever. Um, and so you also exactly like, you have to recognize where it is that you need help and, and where, and know that like, you're the only one who can, who can advocate for yourself the best. You know what I mean? Yeah. You got to avoid having a victim mentality. Mm -hmm. And if that's who you are right then, then work on that first before you throw yourself into the next situation. I don't know if I'm being clear about this, but I, I, I feel like I see a small amount of people who are like, I can't function. You have to help me. And okay, everyone, I, like, I'm I'm for that, by the way. Like, accommodations are really important. Um, but there's a spectrum there of the accommodations that are necessary. And, you know, for the people who genuinely need them, who have trouble functioning for reasons of, like, you know, high anxiety, depression, like, things like that, a, a physical um, ailment, I don't think those people are going to be treated poorly. I think that people are going to help them and they're going to follow and, and it's going to go well. I'm talking about for the other people who are just, you know, I don't know if I'm being clear. Like, I think you have to like, you have to fight for yourself and you can't just expect that things are going to be easy because you wrote it down somewhere. I think it's the yeah. argument you see online. It's the closest thing that I can say about this is. One of the most argued about things online is whether or not a person with type 1 diabetes should get a pass to go through lines faster at amusement parks. I have never oh, seen I've, Go ahead. I've seen it blow up so many times. Yes. Right, right. And every time someone posts it, I'm like, oh, here we go again. Mm, say yep. the word Disney so that I can watch you all fight for two days. Because what happens is you get these two camps. The, right. hey, we deserve help camp. And I, or, right. or I need help. Like, I'm not lying to you. I can't stand in this line in this heat. And the fight for yourself, be strong. It's almost like watching, it literally is the same argument around COVID when you heard people say, like, just take your vitamins and don't be fat. And I'm like, well, that's not the whole story. <laughs> if you're not old and you're not heavy, you're going to be fine. And I'm like, ah, that, that seems overly simplistic, but okay. And then, and then the other side, just like, help me, help me, help me, help me, help me. I don't want to help myself. And then there's everybody in between. But those two sides, they, it's just interesting to watch. I know it's a weird example, but to watch people, it's, it's accommodations. Like some people do not want to be thought of as weak. No, I don't think it's a weird example at all. I think it actually really is exactly what we're talking about because it, it depends on so many things, right? It's like, it depends on where you are in your diagnosis, I think, where you are currently, right? Because diabetes changes from week to, you know, hour to hour, mm -hmm. uh, week to week, right? And I think it also really, it comes down to the question of like, I, I mean, the way I think of disability, right, is like, we have to deal with something that some other people don't. And, and that's really just what it comes down to, right? Yeah. And sometimes you might need, you want to like have equity, right? And level the playing field and give you, give people with diabetes or whatever, right? What's the word I'm looking for? Shoot. The, a fair shot? Like a bit, sorry, what? Like a fair shot? 
A fair shot, yeah. yeah so, yeah, like, yeah. the ability to, yeah, to, and just the ability to take care of yourself is really it, right? right? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I think that I get why people get all up in arms about it, but really, like, it's something that people that type 1 diabetes, people with type 1 diabetes have to deal with things that people without it don't have to deal with. Right. Does it make it, you know, and it's like, it doesn't, I think it's, diabetes is a weird example, though, because it doesn't affect you like it affects you every second of the day, but at the same time, it doesn't, right? Like it's like my, I don't know, what's my blood sugar right now? 108, like whatever it's called, leveled out, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like right now, it's not really, like I don't have to think about it right this second, but then suddenly we're low and then we have to think about it. You know what I mean? So does that make sense? Um, am I talking in circles? No, you're, uh, you 100% make sense. I think oh, that right, cool. I understand like what you're saying is a, is a million percent right. I stand behind it. I obviously, my wife and I, you know, put together like an ironclad ask for my daughter. And yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and so every, I think everyone should have that. I'm not mm -hmm. saying otherwise. I'm also saying that you shouldn't like fall into it. Like don't fall into it like a comfy bed. Be like, oh, this is cool. I don't have to be in class on time. I'll just tell them my blood sugar was low. Exactly. Yeah. Or exactly. I can turn this in three days late because, well, diabetes. And uh, you can't argue with me because I have an accommodation. And like, because that's not good for you. Like, it might no. get you through the class. It, that's not going to get you through life. You are going to get to a point where you get a job one day where you're like, I can't do this because my blood sugar is low. And your boss is going to go, well, I need someone who can do this. So you're fired. And or we'll mm -hmm. move you into another. Like, some states can fire you for any reason. And some, yep. and some states would say, well, we're going to move you into a dead-end job that you'll hate, and I'm going to put somebody who can get this job done in this position. And that might not be all above board, and you might not even hear it happening, but it's going to happen. Like, you know, people yeah. run businesses to succeed, not to, you know what I mean? Like, like you know, mm -hmm. not it's not a place for you to sit and go, oh, I, I couldn't write my report today. In my opinion, put your effort into figuring out how to not let your blood sugar get low all the time. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. It, it can happen. Like, I mean, even like as an adult, right. Like I, I can think of maybe a couple times I had to go into work late in whatever five years sure. that I'm like, I'm sorry. Like, I'm sorry. I cannot. I'm really wrestling with this low. I'm going to be a few minutes late. Right. But if I did that every day, that's yeah. not gonna fly. Yeah. <laughs> right? They'd be like, uh, Kristen doesn't come to work. The the reasons right. the, you know the reasons almost aren't important. I I saw a friend of mine. Uh, why do simple words leave me? A person who works with them. What is a person who works with you? A colleague. Jesus, my God. Um, and so colleague, yeah. yeah, my friend of mine has this colleague who has a, a fairly like you know bad like anxiety issue, mm -hmm. and they'll say like this person hasn't been at work for three months and like, I'm all for their health and everything, but we're behind significantly yeah. now because of this. And so they bring in another person to, you know, help carry the load and it starts going well. And then a month later, the person wants to come back to work and they're like, I want my job back now. And they're like, uh, well, someone else is doing it now. We can give you a different job, mm -hmm. you, you know? And then the person's all upset. They're like, well, you didn't hold my job for me. And they're like, no, we held your job. You know, this is your job still. You, but you're not involved in this part of it anymore. Right. And I was like, I'm like, what? They were mad. And she's like, yeah. And I was like, that's interesting, isn't it? Like, because everyone just sees their own side. Like, like oh, the, yeah. the employee's not thinking about the business, and the business is doing what they're legally supposed to do. And and you know, at the business level and in the human level, people have a ton of 
compassion and empathy uh, for for the colleague. And so like everybody's, and there's an example where the person just can't, there's nothing they can do about it. But if if that if their anxiety was a low blood sugar because they don't know how to bolus for dinner, but we could teach you how to bolus for dinner, then let's put some effort into that and and keep you out of this mishigash, which is Yiddish, mm-hmm. and I don't want to go into what it means right now. But it's a big mess, okay? Like you don't want. Do you know the word? I do. What aren't you Catholic? Yeah. Oh, I was going to say you. By the way. Not to generalize, but you look Catholic. <laughs> your name, I was gonna. Your name is Catholic. <laughs> I was gonna say you could tell I'm Catholic. Come yeah, on. yeah, you're yeah. you're like out of a. You could tell. A hand it's ball. the anxiety. Yeah, it's the anxiety. Uh, uh, by the way, trying to look up the Yiddish word, I miss I mistyped it and came up with a completely different word, so I can't do it for you right now. And now I want to find it. I got it. I got it. I got it. All right, it's Yiddish. Mishigas. Craziness, senseless behavior, activity, synonyms are, of course, like foolery, indulgence, lunacy, tomfoolery. I'm not saying that your thing is tomfoolery. I'm saying that if you can avoid this, then freaking avoid it. And right. and, and if you can, and if you can't, then write on. Then let's lean on it and get it like get you into a position where you can because the playing field should be level. Like mm-hmm. I'm behind that 100. percent By the way, there are plenty of people who are not behind that idea. Oh no, I know. Yeah. yeah. Right. Absolutely. So they're going to yeah. be in the world too. And um, mm-hmm. there, there are people who are just going to see life as a race. And if you don't, if you can't run as fast as them, then you lose. And that's that. So right. I don't see it that way. I do think you deserve, you know, a level playing field. And yeah, just not, and just not to get beat up by, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's like, all right, you know, well, sit down and chill a minute and then come back, yeah. you know, <laughs> I don't know. I kind of think of it that you way. You don't want to graduate from college and feel like you just fought the Second World War. Right. Like, you know, like, you know, like I went to college. It was a, a valuable experience for me. I had a, a, a reasonable time. Yeah. And it, it didn't feel like somebody was fighting against you constantly. But, you know, um, not that that has anything to do with this, but other people, I was making this point to someone last night. I hope my son doesn't mind if I share this, um, <laughs> but he's got his first job and he's telling me some stories about how it's going. And it's going well. He's being uh, recognized and they're teaching him next level things where he sees that some of the people he came in with are not being taught these things. And so everything to him is indicating that he's doing like, well, you know what I mean? And I just, he tells me the story and I said, it sounds like you're doing well. And he goes, I don't know. And I went, wait, what? (laughs) He goes, I don't know. It seems like it, but I'm not sure. And I really thought about that. And I realized it was from growing up playing baseball mm-hmm. where it's not always about how good you are. Sometimes it's about if that kid's parents made a donation to a building or mm-hmm. if that guy's dad is a coach or owns the training facility you work at or is the neighbor of a guy. Like you have like the politics in like kids sports is insane. And it goes right oh, through, yeah. right through high school, and it and you think, oh, I'll make it to college. It won't exist there. Bullshit. There, it's just about money. Like you know what I mean. Like it's and and so what I realize is that my son has been taught that it doesn't matter how good he does, there could be an unseen force stopping him. Huh. A thing that he can't possibly know exists until the day he walks out on the field and says, "Why is that person playing?" 
that doesn't make any sense. And then sure, you stand, yeah. And so, and it's following him into his into his adult life. That's that's interesting because when you said that initially, I was thinking the transition from having being in school to having your first job. I think is tough, also because in school you're graded on things and you're constantly getting feedback, and then you go into the work working world and you're like. Does anyone want to give me an A for this email that I wrote? No? Okay. <laughs> no. I, right? my, like... my, I, my, I think my competitiveness runs through my children. So they're okay. there. They're trying to win. Right. They're, he's at his job trying to win because he sees it as an ability to get a different job and to win at that job so that he can, like, he does see the world, like, to some degree that he also, by the way, isn't a person who would do something that he doesn't enjoy. He turned down a, a really... I'm going to go as far as say lucrative offer to do a thing that he just didn't jive with. Oh, wow. And I was like, huh, I was really proud of him. He turned down an opportunity, try to imagine a six figure opportunity out of college. Uh, because he has like a 22 year old. Yeah. He ideologically did not align with what the job would have been. Wow. And he said, I, I would rather make less money than do that. Hmm. So I was very proud of him then. Yeah. You know, uh, I grew up broke. I would have, I would have, <laughs> I would have done anything for that money. I would have been like, it's fine. Kill puppies? Sure. <laughs> like, you know, no, I wouldn't have done that. But you know what I mean? Like he, he was just like, no, I don't, he's like, I don't see myself being involved in that. And I was like, okay. He goes, wow. I, I, good I, for him. Yeah. Wow. What a what, proud dad moment. Yeah. Right. I, I think, see, I think when I was like 22, I would have had principles, but now I'm like, nah, I would have taken the money. Now pay, me. Broke. <laughs> pay me pay <laughs> me well maybe that but what i also took from that was that he feels safe yes you know which i'm i was also comfortable with but then like i said you get to this next thing and why am i telling you the story of my son like going i don't know i guess i'm doing okay it, it's because the system can sometimes work against you and it sometimes will be in ways you see and sometimes it'll be in ways you can't see but you will feel it afterwards and oh yeah, and people don't deserve that, especially if it's mm-hmm. around a medical thing. That's just that should not happen, and that's why you set one of these things up. So, right, I, I think I've made my point at this point, Kristen. I don't know. No, I think I think you did. No, absolutely. It's just you know, it's just in case. It's like a just in case plan is how I how I really think of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't want people like I the vast majority of people I've interacted with have been lovely about it. Quite honestly, like even like bosses and, and coworkers and whatever, they've been absolutely lovely. I actually had a uh, boss at my first job out of college. We had to, I was at a high school, so we had to teach as well as counsel. And um, I went so low and I was like, listen, I'm really sorry. Uh, I was like, can you watch my class for a few minutes? Like I got to sit, and she was so lovely. She she was like, yeah, no problem. She watched my class. And so I went back in, uh, you know, however many minutes later and I'm teaching and she comes back. My boss comes back into my class and I'm like, what's she doing here? And she hands me a juice box. And I was like, that was so nice. Mm. Like, so I talked to her about it afterwards. And she was like, you know, I just thought about like what you go through. And, and I really, I thought what I needed in that moment would have been a juice. And so I just wanted to bring you a juice. And I was like, that was amazing, right? Way to like, go. So, yeah, thank you. She was so, so sweet. And so, and that's been my experience with most people have been so lovely. Um, but every once in a while, 
you know, you get an asshole. It's, it, you know, that's yeah, the world, right? Yeah, what are you going to do? Right. Listen, I, I, I feel like I've been, I feel like I'm a downer here. But um, <laughs> I, I want to say that I agree with you. The great many people that Arden has intersected with have been terrific. And mm-hmm. and in the vague time, you know, few times that she's had a problem, no one has pushed back. And I think that there's, you have to look a little bit about who you are in the situation too. Like when Arden's had a real right. problem, even though it can't be substantiated, nobody has said to her, I don't believe you because she's a person who generally doesn't take advantage of it and doesn't seem like somebody who would try to take advantage of their situation. And yeah. so the person who interacts with her says, yeah, that's fine. And it's been from, I mean, she told her story about having a seizure after her prom, right? And mm-hmm. one of the first things she did when she got her wits about her was to email a teacher and say, hey, I just had a seizure and I don't think I'm going to have this thing in tomorrow. And the, <laughs> and the, and the guy, that like, cracked me up. yeah, and the guy's like, why are you, te- like, why, like, why are you beginning to tell me? And, and, and I think that's why she didn't have a problem because she's a person who, after coming out of a seizure, thought about her responsibilities. And then right. the teacher knows that about her. And so there's no problem. And it is as much about how you present yourself as it isn't about anything else. If you're, if you come off as a problem to people all the time, then that's going to be their, that's going to be their first thought when, when you intersect with them, they're going to be like, Oh, here, this comes again, you know? And so it is a little on you to, it is, yeah, that's how you put yourself into the world. And I mean, I think people, when they see these topics, what they want is like, give me a list of things to say. You know what I mean? Uh, or <laughs> yeah. do or write down. And a lot of times it's not that easy. Like a lot of times there's work for you to do, you know, and, um, and, and I will, like I said, I'll share this document. My wife put so much effort into it. It's so clear. People could add from it, subtract from it. They could use it as it is, however they would want to do. Mm-hmm. But, you know, little things like Wi-Fi. here's what they don't tell you at college you're paying them all the money in the world and they didn't spend any money on their Wi-Fi system. It sucks. Oh, the Wi-Fi is horrible. Yeah. Everywhere right. I've ever been. Yeah. Terrible, terrible Wi-Fi in college. Um, mm-hmm. Food is bad nutritionally. Oh, don't get me started. Right, right. I distinctly side note. I remember I, I used to eat this particular sandwich when I was in college. And, and then I noticed one day I was like, Oh, the nutrition facts are on here. I don't have to guess the carbs or whatever. I called my mother like borderline crying. I was like, do you know how much fat is in this sandwich I've been eating? <laughs> like what? Like every other day. Yeah. I was like, what is going? Yeah. It's, yeah. it's not. The food was rough. Definitely. The food, the food's bad. Like it's it, nutritionally, like it might even taste good. You might be like, oh, it's amazing here, but it's not going to be like clean and, no. it, and it's going to impact your blood sugar. Um, yes. You're going to be surprised that when you have a medical issue at school, they're going to tell you to go off campus to urgent care and take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. There's no school nurse sitting around waiting to help you. <laughs> so um, <laughs> that that doesn't exist. And uh, even housing. Like, uh, I'll tell you, my son was sick for his whole freshman year, and I think it was because of his housing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Dusty that, that actually, sorry, that, that brings to mind that there was one episode with the girl. She like went up to each of her professors and said that she was a diabetic or something. And they were all just like, okay. Yeah. It was so, the way she told the story was so funny. Like she was just like trying to be like all proactive and they were like, we don't care. I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. Poor thing. Yeah. Because people don't understand. Like Half the podcast exists because people don't understand diabetes down to the people who you're sometimes counting on for medical help. Oh, yeah. And so to just go to like 
Like, I know people want to look at somebody and go, oh, that's a, a college professor. Eh, it's a person. You know what I mean? It's just a dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and you know, it's like your doctor, a cop, your college professor, the lady at the grocery store. They're all just people. Likely 80% of them, if someone would just give them a free bag of money once a month, would not show up at this thing. <laughs> and, <and> so, <laughs> exactly. You know, and, and you're like, I have diabetes. And they're probably thinking, my wife cheats on me. What do you want? Like, like, like right. you know what I mean? Like, I, I got my own problems. And, and I don't like this job. And I'm doing it. Like, you, you really, like, put yourself in other people's shoes sometimes. Like, you're coming to them and giving them more to do. Yeah, and you're not offering yeah. them more. You're not like, "Hey, great news! I have diabetes, but your pay is going up three dollars an hour." They'd be like, "Oh, well, right on. Tell me about your hypoglycemia." You, you know, but you're, right, right. you're just saying like, "Here's another thing to be responsible for, to be worried about, and you're not going to make another penny." And so, there's certain people who are going to hear that and be like, "Oh God, leave me alone," you, you know. And and I'm just telling you, like, everybody's not Mister Rogers. No, no, they're not. And and honestly, sometimes it's better if they're not. Sometimes if they're just, okay, cool. That That's sometimes easier, quite yeah, honestly, yeah, at least in my thing. experience. Go do your thing. Like Yeah, just, like no one cares. I joke about this sometimes. There's, the, there's that guy that's like really, I don't know who, obviously I don't listen to his podcast. But like um, in the zeitgeist, I'm aware of him. He's like a Marine or something, or he was a Marine. Like he says to people, like, who's who, who's going to carry the boat or something? It's like a SEAL thing. I don't know, obviously, Kristen. I don't pick things up. His message is, I'll do it, right? Like, hard things need to be done. I'll take care of it. And oh, I see. Yeah, like, I'm not counting on you or you or you. I'll carry the boat. Like, that idea. I guess the boats get carried somewhere. Again, if you were counting on me, we probably would have lost every major war. I don't, I don't know the ins, I don't know the ins and outs of this. Okay? Carrying the boat. Yeah. But apparently if a boat needs to be carried somewhere, this guy's going to pick it up over his head and take off with it. I'm going to stand in the back and go, Hey, my knee hurts. Can you guys get this? So, um, but the point is, is that it, it's, it's that, it's that idea of like something needs to be done. I'm going to do it. Not I'm going to wait for someone else to do it, or I'm going to bring them a note that explains why I don't have to do it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and, and if you're, if you're in a situation where, I don't know, the boat needs to be carried and you're not a good person to carry the boat, perhaps look for a different situation. You, you know, like right. I'm not saying, you know, give up on something because it's hard, but I mean, if there's a reality where you don't. Like if you're a square peg and you're trying to get into a round hole, like eventually you're going to have to realize that. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Is, is being honest a bummer, Kristen? No, not at all. No, I, I think this is all like the actual reality of what it looks like. Right. Yeah, yeah. You know what, you know what I mean? Like it, it, no, I don't think it's a bummer. It is what it is. And, and not to mention like everybody, so many people, everybody has their shit, you know, like it's like, I can't tell you how many kids have this disorder and this and the other thing, right? Like diabetes is just one of them, mm -hmm. you know? One person said one time, like, I, I, I wanted to be a fighter pilot. I think that was the example. And mm -hmm. they were kind of like, but I have diabetes now, so I can't do it. And they were pissed. And I get them being pissed. Uh, like, like yeah. right? it's, it's uh, incredibly disappointing and like life altering and angering. And it's not, not like, don't get me wrong. I understand all of that. And I also understand why the government might not want you flying a $30 million jet through the air. <laughs> sure, yeah. It makes sense to me. And and so, right. like, not fair, 
but practical, you, you know, right. like, like, and so, you know, and, and now there's better technology and you're seeing people be pilots, like for major airlines who have type one and stuff like that. And that's all great. Like if there's a way to do it, that's great. But prior to that, 20 years ago, you know, what people knew about diabetes is sometimes John passes out, but there's no CGM. Like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, I can't put, I can't let John fly the plane. Like, John passes out sometimes. And now suddenly, oh, God, no. I'm using someone's name I don't mean to use because I think there's actually a guy named John who does this. If, John, if you're listening, I didn't mean you. I tried to pick a generic name, Chris, and look what happened to me. But, like, now oh, there's, John. yeah, now there's this stuff. And, like, now suddenly this, it's okay. And that's amazing. It's great. But anyway, I just... I don't know. I feel like I'm trying to defend both sides in one voice and it gets confusing that way, but you're going to go. I don't think it's it's confusing. Like it's, I mean, like, I don't know, as a counselor, like I'm always, my, my thing I always say is it's all about balance, right? It's like, you know, you don't want to go too far in one direction and be like, okay, little Johnny, do your, you know, you got this, do diabetes by yourself, but you also don't want to like, you know, be, be a, be super melodramatic about it right yeah and so yeah no i think it's all about balance and finding you know finding what works best for you people deserve support and yes they they deserve all that goes along with that and people also should be practical and this is my absolutely just my opinion that that that's all no i agree yeah yeah and i'm assuming that when you say to somebody in your in your profession look we have to find balance in the back of your head what you're thinking is like you got to figure this out for yourself Mm-hmm. Like you have to well, see like the reality of it and try to find your way through it. Yes. And, and I think, you know, as a counselor, it's also like that thought and I'm here to help you do that. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I'm here to break it down as much as we can with you so that, you know, to make it easier, but you gotta, I tell them all the time. I'm like, you gotta meet me halfway. Like I can't do all the work for you, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. No. Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah. I, and, Anyway, I just think that everybody doesn't fit into every situation. And, no. And that I have sometimes seen people say, I think it's in the pursuit of the of the advocacy. Is that what I mean? In the mm-hmm. in pursuit of advocacy and proving that anyone can do anything, that, which I I believe. You just it's not everybody. It's the guy. You know what I mean? It's it's that girl who was on the show a few months ago, ride, you know, with, her legs don't function and she's out in a wheelchair, like racing in the streets or something like that. I'm like, she's the one who does that. We all don't do that. You, you know what I mean? Like, she's a special person in, in that situation. The guy that picks the boat up and runs, it's not everybody. You, you know what I mean? And so I like it when people, like, I have been at the forefront of this for 15 years with my daughter. Every one of her 504 plans through school was incredibly detailed, but as streamlined as possible. Mm-hmm. It covered her for every situation that we could think of where someone or thing or the machine might come along and mess her up. But then we steadfastly tried never to use it. Right. Uh, that's just how we've done it the whole time. And we and because you run a risk of treating someone like they can't, and then maybe it becomes a self fulfilling prophecy too, which I think yes. you, you know what I mean. Like you have to be careful of that. You have to be careful of not to aim too low. I think that makes sense. Yeah, because no, it does make sense. It, it's yeah, it's like um, it's like that like learned helplessness. You don't want to like make people feel like they can't do it. 
but you also don't want to like 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 I was saying with the balance before right but you also don't want to like I've missed the second half but you also don't want to like leave them on their own either right sure. like it's yeah I mean yeah. by the way you look how smart you are you said learned helplessness that's like a it's like a fancy word I didn't know. <laughs> That one I pulled deep from the depths of some your, somewhere. Of I don't butt, even know. Right out of your butt. You're like, hey, <laughs> yeah. I know this one from somewhere. It was I, I might have even used it wrong, so please don't No, I, I it made sense to me when you said it. I just oh, was, did it? Okay. I just love how I was just like pulling basic words out of my mouth. And you're like, Yeah, learned helplessness. I'm like, Oh, is that what that is? <laughs> <laughs> I paid attention for like a day in college apparently. Uh, well, yeah, well you were at Penn State and watching that yeah. football in the snow and drinking. There was nothing else, right? That is pretty much what I did, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I, I did pay attention to the learned helplessness lecture. That right? one day you heard that thing? That one day, yeah, I went to class. Weren't you trapped in a um valley? Yes. No worries about that ever? No. Like, what if it snowed and you were just all. caught there and they couldn't get food in and you all had to start eating yourselves like cannibals or something like that? That kind of sounds like we would just drink if that happened. Yeah, if we had snow days, we would just drink all day. It was fun. Those Penn State flags are really, they're like markers, right? People drop beer at your house. That's why they're all in front of everybody's houses. Yeah, there's like an underground society kind of thing. And we just like, you know, we go through the tunnels and we drink. Penn State's one of those schools that if you drive too far away from here and you say Penn State, people will go, I don't know what you're talking about. But if you say <laughs> if you say it around here, you might think that, that it's Harvard. Yeah. Oh, 1000%. You know, it's funny too. Like I, it, I'll have Penn state shirts and stuff. And if I wear it in Pennsylvania, you know how people say like, we are Penn state, right? Mm-hmm. But someone will just say we are at me. And I'm like, hello, what? Cause, cause I forget like, cause I, I don't live in Pennsylvania anymore. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's, I forgot. That. We Very are, alarming. I'd be blowing like a, like a rape whistle. I mean, get away from me. Like, I don't know what's <laughs> happening. Crazy people. <laughs> But it's like it's always when you forget you're wearing the shirt. So I'm like, are you talking to me? Like, what? Are, what's happening? I'm so awkward too. So yeah. you're so awkward. I've never seen people more fervently supportive of a college before in my. And sometimes people who didn't even go there. Oh yeah, one thousand percent. That freaks me out. I got to be honest. That one freaks me out. <laughs> like you have a Penn State flag, <laughs> you and nobody in your family went to Penn State. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> just, just. Don't, you know, that's one of those, like, if you can't beat them, join them kind of thing. <laughs> Please. Everyone can beat you just fine. Penn State makes, <laughs> Penn State makes uh, low draft, uh, low draft pick running backs and they used to make offensive linemen. I don't even know if they do that anymore. So I don't, it, we haven't been so good the past couple of years. I don't know. Do you, did you go to those games? Yeah. Did you care about football at all? Yes. Okay. I did. It wasn't I did. just another it was drinking venue. It was like you cared about football. Oh, no, we cared very yeah. much. It was also a drink. It was, well, that's a whole nother story. The, the drinking is a little alarming sometimes, but that's me as an adult now. Mm-hmm. But yeah. uh, That's my opinion as, a, as an adult who has now sent two kids to college. If, if what you're worried about is, let me hear, let me look. If what you're worried about is the ability to take breaks during class, including during test projects, to self-treat or to attend to diabetes devices, for example, an insulin pump. Uh, I think what you're, you're, I think you're, I think your concern should be more about Molly. <laughs> you should write one of these papers for your kid. It should say, "Hey, don't do Molly, <laughs> and, don't, uh, do- and um, tr- don't drink so much that you forget where you are for a day and a half." Like th- these are the things that. Anyway, you get what I'm saying. Like it's a little. 
I don't know. I'm always interested. Oh, in- I, yeah, we could probably talk about that for another two hours, honestly, but, but yeah, it, it, uh, it's there's dangers involved in all these things. Well, do me a favor for a second here. We I've taken you over time already, but do me a favor here for for a second here. Tell the people who don't know, like Uh really how much, how many days a week did you drink? Three ish. I would average out. I would say. Okay. Sometimes it was four. You smoked the devil's weed at all while you were there at Penn state. No, no, Anything else? Take a Xanax? No, no. No, a no. little bit of Coke, Kristen? No. <laughs> no. Right, so you were pretty good. Now, all those things huh? I just mentioned, did you see them going on around you? Oh, sure did. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> do you remember the first time you thought, oh, wow, people do heroin? That's interesting. That, that I didn't run into. <laughs> you didn't run into that? Look no, at you. but it, it was alarming, though. I was like, what? Uh, look at yeah, no, I didn't dabble. Honestly, and quite honestly, because of the diabetes, I was like, I don't know what that's going to do to that, and let's not mm-hmm. play that game. But cocaine's pretty big in colleges, right? Yes, I- I've heard that. You've heard that. Good. You keep I've talking that. like that because you're in the world now. I understand. Um, right. Yeah, and so it's not just like, I don't know. It's not making sure you have a, a mini refrigerator that won't over <laughs> that won't freeze insulin. <laughs> There's bigger fish to fry than that. I remember sitting in an orientation meeting for my son when he was a freshman. And this parent, who obviously was very anti-drinking, said, "How? what are you going to do to make sure my kid doesn't drink? And the guy at the front of the room was like, nothing? Yeah, what? And that was like it. He was like, I, <laughs> what? You think we're going to, what are you talking about? Like, we're not in charge of that. And the woman was like mortified. She's like, wait, no one's going to like make sure. And uh, he's like, no, he's like, they're, you know, they're 18. It's illegal to drink, obviously, but, you know, we don't police them. Right. And, and, and that's what I heard him say was if they can get it to their room and keep it quiet, that's that. And, and much. yeah, she was like, oh, oh, okay. And then, then the, then this lovely woman stepped up to the lectern and she and that's when she gave the stats that I know, which is, she's like, look, if it makes you feel any better, it's about 50-50. Half the kids will come here and leave and never drink once. And and the woman did not look comforted by like, like, like she knew that the only thing standing between her child and obliteration was active monitoring. And and she just walked out so defeated. And I was, oh, I, that poor woman. She probably saw her life flash before her eyes. I felt bad for her. I also know people who have had to pull their kids out of college because they couldn't stop drinking. Yeah. No, uh, it is really serious. It, yeah. It, yeah. yeah. It's not, it's, it's no, like, anyway, I don't know if the fish are bigger to fry, but there are other fish to fry. You probably should think about all that. And, and, and I'm being very serious from my perspective on the diabetes front. Mm -hmm. Like, I know that some people listen to this podcast and think that guy just took care of his daughter's diabetes and she's going to be in so much trouble when she, and by the way, that's not true. You weren't listening to the whole thing. We were very slowly giving Arden's care off to her for years so as not to overwhelm her she got there and she really like picked the mantle up and she she's running with it like she's doing a really good job oh i'm so happy i i was i was vicariously worried not not worried that you I, just because it's new you know mm-hmm. but as i was listening i was like she's got it come on <laughs> like, come on Arden. <laughs> Did, does it feel like this is interesting does it feel oddly as a person who listens to the podcast that like if arden succeeds then that 
makes all of this okay? And what if she um, failed? Like, would it feel terrible if the kid who everything I know went off to school and was like, blah, my A1C's 10. And like, like <laughs> would that, would that be defeating as a listener? Do you think? For me personally? No, but I'm also older. I, I think, I don't know. I think, well, I'm also kind of like a little hippy dippy, but like, I don't know. I think like everybody kind of goes through their own journey with it. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like, maybe her journey was like, hypothetically, like she kind of screwed up for a couple of years and then got back together. Hey, I will tell you that from my perspective, (laughs) I've always been like, this is definitely what's going to happen. Like, she's just going to be like, woo! (laughs) And and I'm going to be on here going, uh, I don't know what to do. Like, you know, um, but it, it, it worked out. And I don't want to just say it worked out like, hey, like I threw it up to God and it worked, you know, like I, I, we were very purposeful and about it, like had a very long range view of it. I, I've never been a person who's like throwing things on or all at once and be like, here, you take care. Like your mom was like, nah, she's got it. Don't worry. And you're, <laughs> you're like, wait, what? <laughs> like, uh, but, but we did that very slow. Um, yeah. You know, there's teaching moments. We've set her up with technology as best we can that it's going to help her. And there are days as much effort as I see her putting into it. And I really do see a ton of effort from her. I still think, I don't know, without an algorithm, I mean, this would be a shit show. Like, like <laughs> really sleeping you know what i mean like <sighs> sleeping yeah. like she she has maybe a low like once or twice a month at night and wow. they're they and they're manageable like you know i'll okay. text her and i'll be like hey are you aware of this and she'll be like yeah i just did something about it or and she also this is interesting at home will not wake up if her blood sugar's low at college has never not woken up for her low blood sugar ah uh, interesting like she said, I can feel it in my sleep. And I, and I wonder if that wasn't like a little bit of the thrusting of that responsibility for her. Like if she didn't, yeah. look, if she didn't look at that and think, well, who's going to carry the boat? I guess it's me. You know what I mean? Right. You know, so right. I should figure out who actually said that. So I'm not like, you want to Google it with me for a second? Who? I mean, yeah. Well, I'm curious. So you mean the person actually physically carried a boat? I don't think it's like. Like, it's not like the SS Minnow. You know what I mean? Like, it's smaller than that. They're like, all right, hold on. It's David Goggins. He's got an okay. incredibly popular podcast. Um, he's written books. I don't obviously don't know a lot about him, but he's like a motivational speaker. Is this from, or is it Cameron Haynes? I don't know. There's a lot of these motivational guys who could pick me up and break me in half if they needed to. <laughs> I mean, there's T-shirts. It says, who's going to carry the boat? So... Not me. <laughs> that, well, you're like, get out of here. Do you want to, like, the boat, it looks like a, hold on a second. This is like, we're in, the, we're, by the way, for people listening, we're done now. You can go if you want to. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, it's like, so like one of those really heavy, like inflatable, like, like six guys fit in it thing. But it, Oh, okay. But it looks like it wouldn't split if you hit it with an axe. Okay. And it looks really heavy. So I don't I know. can't stop envisioning like Hercules, the cartoon character. Holding up a boat like by this. himself. Yeah. Yeah, that's not this. <laughs> that's all I can picture in my head every time you said it. And and whenever you said who's gonna carry the boat, I was like, I don't know, but I would definitely get someone else to do it for me. Like 
I mean, a guy that I call yeah. or pay or, well. Hopefully. But I think that if they heard that, they'd be like, yeah, that's why we're here, by the way. Because, you know, when the shit hits the fan, we're the only ones that are going to show up. And they're, pro- by the way, I think they're right. Because <laughs> I've always maintained that if I was on the Mayflower, the first body of water we got to, I'd be like, we could just live here. It's fine. I don't know how to get on the other side of that. This is this is good right here. But yeah. Oh, yeah. These are like big, heavy, like boats. Oh. That's I all. see. Okay. Yeah. I've never heard this before. This is new. I'm going to Google it later. Yeah. It's for me, it's, it's, I've only obviously ever heard it like fourth hand, quite obviously. To me, that's what it means. Like to me, it means like I have to do this. Like if no one else is going to do this, I'm going to do it. And, yeah. and unless it's me and then I'm never going to do it. No, but you I'm did it though, didn't you? Boat. You did the, you carried your own boat, right? The metaphorical boat, but the physical boat, yeah. I'm definitely getting someone else to do it. Yeah, but you carried For your sure. I think the boat is like, you know, doesn't have to be <laughs> a boat. Why are you giving me I know, I'm totally at the kidding. end? I know you are, but I mean, like, why are you busting my balls now? Like, we've been doing this I don't for like know. an hour I just and was half. Like, <laughs> I know. I was just like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm, you know, I was being nice and, and I was professional and shit. And now you're you know. like, this is where I'm putting my flag in the sand. Damn it. I can't pick up a boat. Like, why are you being so literal? <laughs> Just to mess with you a little. I had to mess with you a little. Oh, my God. That's how my wife fights. Don't do that. It makes it gives me uh, Ajna. <laughs> I'm like, oh, God. Oh, my bad. I'm sorry. I'm like, oh, my God. We're going to get literal? That's not what we were doing. <laughs> well, I had to full circle. You told me about that in the beginning. So. Yeah, I know. Uh, also, I appreciate that. Oh, no nothing, problem. Nothing better storytelling than bringing it all back around at the end. So, yeah, you know, sometimes. Right. Is there anything we didn't? By the way, what in the hell did you want to come on here and talk about? Just this? I guess so. Yeah, pretty much. I don't even know. I was all I was all like feeling adamant about it in the middle of our summer program and now I forget. So hopefully it was good. I don't know. Well, I think that's interesting too, that at some point when you were in the thick of it, it felt like life or death. And now mm-hmm. six months later you're like, I don't know, just don't be a dick. It'll be all right. <laughs> pretty much. And you know what's funny? Cause I was like uh, I don't know, a couple weeks ago I was like I was like, oh, yeah, I, I don't know what I'm going to talk about. And then I was like, someone actually posted in the Facebook group. They were like, what What advice do you have on transitioning to college? And I was like, oh, okay, this is still relevant. Awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, it's always relevant. But the advice, yeah. listen, here's the, can I give you the, may I? Uh, any, uh, sure. Anything you think of that you need advice for, here's the advice. Uh, use common sense. <laughs> there you go. It doesn't make there a good, go. po- it doesn't make a good podcast, but just use your common sense. And if you're at a loss for common sense, ask a friend. And um, if things are always going wrong for you, assume you don't have the greatest common sense. (laughs) (laughs) The universe is out to get you. Yeah. yeah, By the way, the universe isn't out to get you. You make bad decisions. (laughs) It's it's not your fault. (laughs) I love talking to people like that though. When they're, when you're just like, "Uh uh-huh. And, and it's just like, stupid decision after stupid decision you're like oh goodness like a problem comes up and you go that's what you think to do when you hear that like wow right okay um like no judgment like i don't know how you got here but like that's not that's not i mean it's not just my opinion like that's nowhere near right that that, I, i can see where that's going to lead you poorly and and i and listen i had a private conversation with the lady that helped us set up arden's thing and very privately, she said, like, some of these people are just, I, I don't want to say. And she she wouldn't, 
she just she did one of those like humana humana humana. Like I don't want to say what I'm thinking here, but a lot of these people aren't really in the situation they think they're in. And some right. people, and some people, she said, just want to be angry. And mm-hmm. she said, and some people just want to assert a dominance over the situation. Like you have to do this because I have X Y Z. And these are the rules, and this is your job, and do what I say. She said, "There's a lot of that." And I oh, was, I'm sure. Yeah, we got done, and she she thanked us. We oh, got, really? Yeah. She said, "This is the easiest my job's ever been in my entire life." She said. Yeah, I would imagine they have to. They spend a lot of time like weeding through information, oh, you know, and well. you did it for them. But the vibe from her was she spends a lot of her time with very difficult people. <laughs> that's what that's don't what, we all yeah well that's that's basically and and by the way not a lovelier person will you meet and genuinely concerned for everyone and had a child oh. and had a child of their own who had needs and mm-hmm. it's their own accommodations and so was she was genuinely empathetic and sympathetic and motivated like she was great at her job but she's still trying to tell you that there are a lot of people in here just being a pain in the ass for no real reason. Right. And and I was like, oh, it's interesting. So she's like, so thank you for not only setting up a great plan uh, that I have no trouble putting into action, but for not being in here basically asking, you know, for a, a Ferris wheel. You know, my baby yeah. needs someone, something unreasonable or, you know what I mean, blah, blah, blah. Someone to carry Arden around in a boat. <laughs> what we needed four guys Arden would approve Arden wants to approve of them first <laughs> and they should they should be shirtless constantly she said isn't that interesting and uh, she wants them to put her in a rubber boat and carry her from class to class and you have to do this because she could get low if she walks too much and, exactly. and yeah and yeah there was nothing out of bounds or crazy or over the top that was asked for just mm-hmm. you know anyway all right we're done. You were great. Thank you. I talked too much, but <laughs> the fuck are you going to do? <laughs> no problem. <laughs> Hold on a second. Let's thank Kristen for coming on the show today and sharing all of her knowledge and her story. And of course, we're going to thank Omnipod, makers of the Omnipod 5 and the Omnipod Dash, omnipod.com forward slash juicebox. Use my link, support the podcast. And Dexcom was a sponsor today. So let's say thank you to them for making that Dexcom G7 and the G6. Dexcom.com forward slash juicebox. Head over now and get started today with two amazing devices. Ones that we've been using here forever and ever. Links in the show notes. Links at juiceboxpodcast.com to Dexcom, Omnipod, and all the sponsors. If you click on my links, you are supporting the show. A diabetes diagnosis comes with a lot of new terminology, and that's why I've created the Defining Diabetes series. These are short episodes where Jenny Smith and I go over all of the terms that you're going to hear living with diabetes, and some of them that you might not hear every day. From the very simple bolus up to feet on the floor. Don't know the difference between hypo and hyper? We'll explain it to you. These are short episodes. They are not boring. They're fun. And they're informative. It's not just us reading to you out of the dictionary. We take the time to chat about all of these different words. Maybe you don't know what a small respiration is. You will when you're done. 
Ever heard of a glycemic index and load? Haven't? Doesn't matter. You'll know after you listen to the Defining Diabetes series. Now, how do you find it? You go to juiceboxpodcast.com, up top to the menu, and click on Defining Diabetes. You'll be able to listen right there in your browser, or you'll see the full list of the episodes and be able to go into an audio app like Apple Podcasts or Spotify and listen to them at your pace. Download them into your phone and listen when you can. The Defining Diabetes series is made up of 51 short episodes that will fast forward your knowledge of diabetes terminology.